Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Peras to peras today on Duke by the River. The boys are back a week, two week hiatus, and the boys are back to talk about everything that's going on with your Philadelphia Union. And of course, we're also looking ahead. They're back in action this upcoming weekend as they're facing off in against Charlotte in Charlotte. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't you dare go anywhere because you do not want to miss this episode of Duke by the River. Let's get it started, guys. Eh, done. Duke by the River. Doesn't do anything well. There is not one. I- I'm sorry. There was no creativity. As a Union fan, I take that all day. Another DP. We need to go get Mario Balotelli. And that is right. Welcome, everyone, to Duke by the River, the show where we follow everything Philadelphia Union. And of course, we are brought to you by Philly Sports Network. Before we dive into today's episode of Duke by the River, ladies and gentlemen, real quick. First off, thank you so much for joining in live or listening on in wherever you listen to podcasts. We are available on every single podcast platform, Apple, Google, and Spotify. Find us under Dupe by the River Podcast. And, of course, you can find all of our live viewings every week right here on El Parcero Philly's YouTube channel. Make sure you guys subscribe and like this for all of your future Dupe by the River live viewings. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you today, my experts in duping as always. Please welcome back my man, Mr. Tim Loving Goose. What's up, Tim? How you feeling, man? I'm 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 doing all right. You know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, so if it sounds like that, uh, that's why. Um, gotta love it as being a, a preschool teacher and getting all these young oh, kids yeah, like man. coming, grabbing, and sneezing all over you. It's a great time. Um, but no, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm ready for some more union soccer because I mean the last uh, the last game I was driving the whole time uh, because of that weird kickoff time because mm. it was on a what uh, some. Uh, national broadcast i think it was like 3 30 in the afternoon so was, yeah <laughs> yeah so i was driving the whole time and i was like i remember like wanting to check my phone like did we score we didn't <laughs> score yet what's going on and then looking at my phone when i finally got to where i was going after the the game and being like oh andre blake got us a point there all right so yeah i'm, I'm ready for for some more union soccer and we can talk about a, a whole bunch more with the mls the last two weeks here absolutely and of course, the man that deems Andre Blake as the one you put in permanent marker. Please welcome <laughs> Justin Bald Boat Builder Friedberg. Justin, what's happening, baby? Not much, you know. It's uh, it's it's been a crazy few weeks. Uh, For sure, I've been I've been traveling. We all have all up and down this East Coast the past few weeks. Uh, we'll be doing some <laughs> more of it. Tomorrow, as uh, you truly will be in Charlotte. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind of a few weeks. Uh, still tired. Still not sure if I fully 
recovered, but hey, you know, the uh, the, the the grind never stops, right? You gotta keep, right. Gotta, gotta keep on keeping on with soccer. That's right. Well, um, you know, I, I figured we start this podcast off today's episode with a little international talk. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm waiting for both of you to for the thank you. Um, we took care of your Mexico, so you're welcome. <laughs> that was a fun game too. I went to bed down two nothing. I'm like, what the heck? And then I wake up. It's a three nothing or three two victory. I was like, let's go. I was a, that was a fun one out in uh out what's what are they Levi Stadium? I think that's what they're calling the Niner Stadium. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, guys, I will say this. Um, as you guys both know, I was in North Jersey in enemy territory for Columbia versus Guatemala. First off, the Guatemalteco fans, they are a passionate bunch of people. Dude, they like, I mean, when was the last, like, has they ever qualified for a World Cup? Not that much. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, these these guys were so passionate. I mean, we were up three with nothing, and they're still what the what the. And I was like, okay, listen, I I respect it, man. But it's it's always fun. Like what like watching international soccer is always fun. And oh, by the way, we actually sold that Red Bull Arena. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there. I mean, they're Concacaf, and I can't think they've ever no, they pushed through. No. It's tough, so, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially as that thirteen man. So uh, the, I, I was I met a guy the next day. He told me that Newark, which is right next to uh, Harrison, where the Red Bull Arena is, there is a huge Guatemalteco population. So it's probably why they all came over. But it was it, it was genuinely a lot of fun. But guys, what's what's going on with our Americans? Guys, what's happening? Um, I I mean, Greg Berhalter seems to think that Ricardo Pepe. Is somehow going to find his scoring boots, and he's doing everything he can to force him in there. Well, no, by the way, Jordan P. Fuck, I don't give a fuck, Greg, about your damn system. Jordan P. Fuck, it's fucking scoring. So, like, can we get that it, on a t-shirt? Yeah, I need that on a t-shirt. Well, and the, the funny thing that was is, like, great. Like, like our, our 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 buddies, the cool again. Like, they were in Germany. They interviewed him, and he basically said, like, that was a great interview. Like. I, like it's not my call like he keeps scoring and i'm sorry but i don't know what greg's fucking aversion to a damn target forward is when two of your strikers are not hold up guys it helps to have one if you look and i'm gonna go right back to 2018 olivier Giroud did not score a fucking goal yeah. but what he did he was a target man and he helped Mbappe and Griezmann essentially just run the offense. You don't need your target guy to score goals. But if no one else is running over the top, I mean, at this point, Christian Pulisic is in his own head. Gio Reyna literally can't stay healthy. Tim Weah is coming back from injury. Like, like you have all these things, and, and I get it, but Ricardo Pepe has scored one goal in a calendar year at this point. Like I, I can't, I can't, I don't know what on earth, you know, Greg is doing. And, and then there's talks of, oh, you know, Zach Steffen still has the inside track. Zach Steffen is bottling it at Middlesbrough, like playing really, really bad. Your center backs, like Walker Zimmerman, is de facto starter. Like there's no. Aaron Long got killed. I heard he had like Walker Zimmerman has been your best center back by far. That's good. Aaron Long got shredded. Mark McKenzie did not cover himself in glory against Saudi Arabia. Like Chris Richards started though. 
he should have started. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Like, I think there's it's a lot just of different. Things. Starting starting is different than coming off the bench again. True. Yeah, you know? uh, DeAndre Yedlin. I'm sorry, but first of all, I keep forgetting he's only 29. But yeah. like, there are better options as a depth right back than than DeAndre Yedlin. I'm Yedlin's sorry. gonna play I, minutes at the World Cup. We already know. He it, and I keep saying this: Is he gonna be this version, this this like generation's version of Demarcus Beasley? And I loved Demarcus, but like, man, he really should not have been on the last few World Cup rosters. Like the running joke that I always had with my dad is. Man, Demarcus Beasley is just gonna be playing until like you know 2042, and he's just gonna consistently be the you know the last man on the roster. But I don't know. I, I'm not like oh my god, panic mode, you know, for the first game against Wales, but Great Berhalter has gotta get his head out of his ass with some of these decisions. It just genuinely frustrates me that it, he is his own worst enemy on this stuff. Like he is so stuck in his ways. That yeah. He doesn't even fathom that there are other methods. He, these two games shows he has terrible in-game decision making. Like, like he he makes all these subs late, but he waits too long to make these subs, and then they don't have the same impact. Like, and 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 I I I have every confidence saying this. He's not going to be the coach by twenty twenty four. I think. I think halfway through the next cycle, and I know the U.S. automatically qualifies. Greg's not being the coach. I'm sorry. So, so let me ask something because that's that that's kind of on the long side. I wanted to ask my question on. So, t- Tim, let me throw something to you. Yeah. Because I did hear the rumblings here. Number one, would if Burhalter in fact does get the sack, would the U.S. Federation go back to the MLS route? And what are the realistically what are the chances that Jim could be that guy? Because I, I mean, you hear the rumblings yeah. all over. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, Jim is a club coach, like we've seen. You know, True. the U.S. You know, U.S. soccer went to MLS and got Burhalter because they believed that he could, you know, work well with this group of American players. We've seen some success, but we've also seen now in preparation for a World Cup that Burhalter is treating a national team squad like a club squad and giving them kind of instruction on how that he wants the team to play rather than picking a squad of players that would play to the country's highest potential. That's the, that's what us soccer I think should be focused on is you have this now outstanding young player pool of great players that play in the biggest leagues in the world. And you have to, as the manager, be able to call the right guys at the right time and utilize their skill sets so i think the next coach whether that be another mls coach or a coach that maybe has even a a higher pedigree because we're going to be talking about maybe getting a new u.s coach before the u.s hosts a world cup i I think they actually would try to recruit someone of a higher pedigree uh, before someone like jim Curtin. but i would love to see jim Curtin take on the challenge um but I don't know if they go right back to an MLS coach. If Jim Curtin's still in MLS at that point, we don't even know. Um, you know, he might be finally going over to Europe. But <clears throat> I, I think that's what U.S. soccer has to, as the federation, 
figure out is they need to find a coach for, and I know this is way down the line because we should be talking about the 2022 world cup, but we're already thinking 2026. (laughs) We need to find the right coach that can optimize the player pool because there's too many talented players to be playing the way they're playing right now. It's just, it looks like, it looks like a, a, a group of guys thrown into a camp that are trying to unlearn how they play to play Greg ball. And it just, it doesn't look good at all. It really doesn't. There, there's no reason to have like a Tyler Adams next to an, uh, a Kellen Acosta. And Kellen Acosta is a good MLS player. But then you have Tyler Adams running off the ball out wide. And you have Weston McKinney pushing up higher than Christian Pulisic. It was very odd, um, the Saudi Arabia game, at least. Uh, that was Yeah, it was. Time. It, 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 it seemed like, it seemed sense. like. Tyler Adams was playing as a single pivot in a spot with two guys who like yeah. aren't going to provide the coverage that a, a single pivot is going to need, especially yeah. with Tyler Adams' semi-limited but, passing range. Yeah, but then it was also like they were both supposed to be defensive midfielders, and then it, but it wasn't that. I don't know. It's who knows what it's going to be. It, it, but I think to to the main point of you know, would U.S. Soccer go to MLS and maybe Jim Curtin? Possibly. I mean, Jim Curtin has been a, one of, if not the best coaches in MLS over the last few seasons. But I, I think they might, when it's a, a World Cup on U.S. soil, they might look for a higher pedigree coach that can get the most out of a, a really rich player pool. Um, so, I mean, I know our, our boy Zach's not here, but, you know, guys like Pep. Not saying they're going to get Pep, but no, like, I- you get someone who can – manage like star players at that point just don't get your inclinsman <laughs> oh fuck, your, fuck that man fuck that man with every ounce of my being uh <laughs> no i tim i don't think you're too far off on the you know i mean we talk about you know mls coaches well the the name that i keep seeing come up is a What's former it? mls coach oh okay okay jesse marsh i mean fair enough i've I really think that I mean when we talk about high profile, it doesn't even have to be high profile. It just has to be the right fit. I mean, I think with the with the young guys, you're seeing at Leeds what he can do with and he's showed it at Red Bull and Salzburg. What yeah. he can do with young talent, what he can he can get them all to buy in to a common core, to a common theme. I think the problem with Greg Ball, as Tim so eloquently described it, is I, I just think there's there's so much disconnect. Like there's not a a outlined central thinking when it comes to from front to back, and it, it feels disconnected at times. Like there's moments of, of brilliance, and then there's just moments of just like what like what are they doing? And I, I think it would not be crazy to think that Jesse Marsh. Like I mean, again, you've seen it everywhere he's been. He he knows how to get the best out of players, and in a yeah. tournament situation, you really think about it. You have three group stage games. And you need yeah. what seven, eight games to to. I mean, I know they're expanding the field, so it's going to go a little more. But yeah, I think in a tournament setting, I feel like Jesse might know how to you know push all the right buttons, and it wouldn't be crazy to think that you know. Maybe you know what? 
maybe Jim doesn't get a head coaching job. Maybe he jo- if Jesse gets the job, maybe he joins Jesse's staff. Like I mean, we've seen U.S. U.S. We've seen U.S. assistant coaches get great jobs. Look at Josh Wolf parlayed a U.S. assistant gig into the Austin job, and look what he's done now. I I think he can, I think you can you can spin that. It like Jim doesn't. He could go to Europe if he wants to. I have no question, and I'm not doubting his ability. But I think, could you? I mean, could you imagine a a a coaching staff with Jim and Jesse? Like, I feel like that is the very and I think fired that, up, man. if you have coaches on that kind of a similar like mind, similar level, I think that would work, and I think it would be such a like a a coaching juggernaut of like. Yeah. Of having multiple coaches, having that kind of, you know, ab- ability to really rally players, I think it would be something that would be unmatched by most federations. Or, or hear me out. I mean, I heard Zidane's a free agent still, so I mean, you guys <laughs> go that route. Uh, we don't Zidane with and Curtin <laughs> as assistant coaches. Justin, uh, who's gonna who's gonna be the one he teaches the headbutt? Probably Pulisic, if we're being honest. Now that's that's look at Connor Casey as a <laughs> Nobody's safe international listen, play. You Nobody. Need, you, listen, you need a hard man, whether it's on the field or on your coaching staff. Yeah, and Connor Connor Casey just knows how to do it. So Paul rushing is that what we're saying for the U.S. national team? I yeah, mean, listen, listen. If they, if if they if they need if they need someone who looks like he's gonna he, he he's gonna scare the shit out of the opposing team, the staff. I think Paul is is your guy. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, speaking of Paul and and the rest of the uh, the Union squad, gentlemen, before we had a had our own international break, um, we had a, a match down in Atlanta, a nil nil draw, as Tim alluded to earlier to as well. Um, guys, you know, it, it's been a minute that we talked about it, but anything you guys want to say, I mean, I'll, I'll put it out. I'm not mad at this at all. I think honestly, Andre Blake moved himself into the MVP voting with the saves that he made. And I know he'll probably just win goalkeeper of the year, but I mean like maybe one or two media people that get vote from MLS HQ will actually like put down as a joke, Andre Blake, because like <laughs> it shouldn't be a joke, but like. The the safety he made could literally be the difference between winning a supporter shield or not. Like with that point, like it really could come. (laughs) Um, So that's that was my main takeaway was that Andre Blake has always been unreal for this club, but he's just keeps raising his game, and we need to appreciate that because we we keep saying we write his name in permanent (laughs) marker, but there could be a day where he's not here anymore. Oh, and don't say that. uh, and it, it's been like what nine years uh, or something like that, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, like eight nine years. Yeah, this is yeah, like twenty fourteen. Um, so yeah, did you did you guys see what the social media team put out there? They're they're gonna hand out a signed brick by Andre Blake to. Wait, to I mean, it's 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 amazing that awesome. they, they took they put the piece of Andre Blake's body to auction off. <laughs> I mean, and I they mean, autographed it. That's and that's, that's marker. That dedication, I don't know. I, you know what? Um, yeah. You know, it just kind of felt like they were trying to get a point, right, Justin? Like that's what yeah, that was a point. Like, listen, I, I think the first half was was very tight. It, I I don't really think one team really truly established really dominant possession. Um, second half, I mean, also the ref 
definitely felt like the ref was losing control of the game. Like there were very, very curious yellow cards for both teams. I will, I will say second half. I mean, the union had a very good chance to hit the post. I mean, it was very tight. Uh, and then after like the 70th minute, you saw you saw a lot of the you know because of all the yellow cards. I, I think you didn't want to risk anyone varying it to suspension. So you started stopping off players. You started putting in the kids. Yeah. You know, I, I think you were you were being smart. You also were missing Alley, who had an unfortunate knock two days before the game, um, and he's still <sighs> game time decision for yeah. Saturday. If I'm Jim Curtin, I don't bother playing him. I mean, the turf's going to be slick. I don't, and on turf, I don't think you need to risk it. But I, I, I think this is, again, this is one of the few games. I, I think this is really one of the only games I've seen, really, this season where Andre Blake had to be Andre Blake. Like, the thing this season, and the reason why he is probably going to win goalkeeper of the year is because he has had to, he has made the saves. But he's, you know, he's made the highlight reel saves, but not having to steal games for you. Like yeah. having a goalkeeper who has that ability to make those highlight reel saves is a luxury that the defense knows that they have. And they've, I mean, they've been the best defense by far in this league. I, there's no, there's no question. They, this is the best back line in the league. So having a goalie like Andre Blake in past years, we've seen it. He's had to, he's had to steal you games. Yeah. This year. He's helping you secure points, whether it's a win or whether it's a draw. And I think this is truly the only game that I can think of where Andre Blake literally stole points. As far as I, I mean, we you know, go back all season. I don't think there's been a game where Andre Blake has had to steal points. Like I said, he has helped secure points. He has helped ensure that you've either get at least one or three points. But I, this is truly the only game this season where he's, he stole points, and I am perfectly okay with that. It is a road game. You were, you know, three thirty weird time, and as it was, it was the reason that Tim. The reason it was, it was a weird time is it was the Unimas two day and nationally televised Twitter game. Um, still really weird, uh, and you know it was a good crowd. You know, I mean, for, of us Union fans, at least the ones in that general area, we had about thirty of us. I know that I saw a number of us scattered around the stadium i heard atlanta fans were a little late oh. yeah at least in their section i mean and so i tailgated with some of the with the um surgeons you know, uh with resurgence and with um uh, termis Mom, legion termis they, they, they were all cool they were all pretty cool uh you know at a, at a fun time uh it you know it was listen it, and and uh shouts to uh our buddy todd over at the free kick pod uh, I told hey. Tim that he is Tim's not been replaced as my in-game <laughs> tactics uh, guy, but Todd was more than Todd knows glad his thing. to uh, oh, yeah. to talk it over and was and it was just like talking to Tim as as it, it, it you know just going through you know my gen, general ramblings as Tim is well aware of <laughs> what is it six years now of, uh, yeah. of, of sitting near each other and my general like as a thought pops in my head as, in tactics. That's where my brain goes to. It was, it was, it was generally a, a, a great atmosphere. I mean, I'll say the Benz is is a great place to watch soccer. I will fully admit. Um, but yeah, you know what? You, you, Andre Blake stole you the point, 
end of story. I, I, and I'm okay with that. Like you're, you've got, you know, what three, now two games left. I, I think at this point you just have to, you know, keep your team mostly healthy. And I think you've, you know, you've got home games after, you know, after this week, you've got home games as far as you can play. Yeah. It's all on you. It's, it's really, it's really uh all on you. Anything else you want to add on, Tim? No, I mean, not really. It's it's sort of like Justin saying, you know, um, the one thing it's a it's a cliche, um, but the the saying "win at home, draw on the road" gets you trophies. Um, you know, we we were saying that back in February when we weren't sure what this team was going to look like. We were hoping that they would be as good as they've been this year, um, which is is nice that you know some of our predictions might actually be coming true. Um, but yeah, like if you get the ability, if you have the ability to get a point on the road, and you can scratch your way and claw your way to get it, even if that means having your goalkeeper stand on your head, you come out of there with the point. You have to feel good. You're missing your captain, like Justin said. <clears throat> we might be seeing that again this Saturday, um, especially if it's raining down there. Um, so yeah, it's just you know get points on the road. Win your home games, you know you you might not win the Sporter Shield. At this point, that's kind of okay. I hope that they can push for it. I you know hope everything falls in line and yeah. we get to see them lift that shield on Decision Day. That would be really cool. Uh, but if it doesn't, you know lock up first in the East and like Justin said, you pretty much play at home throughout the playoffs and and then you never know what happens and you could host MLS Cup. Um, you know we what we were a few kicks of the ball away from that last year. So, um, you know, it, this, true, is, this team is miles ahead of, of last year's team. So, um, but yeah, that, that's all I have to say on it. You know, a draw on the road, especially in Atlanta, even though, like you're saying, the crowd atmosphere might be a little less than it used to be. Um, it's still a really good point. So on to the next one. That, that surface they play on is not always the, not, not the favor for a lot of players from what I hear too. Yeah, turf is turf. Unfortunately, it's part of MLS. It's going to be there. It'll be interesting to see how how uh, the 2026 World Cup goes. But I know they're going to put grass over top of the turf, so we'll see in those certain spots how that goes. But yeah, it, it, it kind of is what it is. You have to weather that storm. All right, guys. So I want to do something a little fun here, real quick. So I want to look at the Eastern Conference potential playoff teams. Um, and I want you guys to tell me if there, if you out of any of these teams you feel can be a threat to the union if we face them in the playoffs. Obviously, listen, Union are pretty darn good this year, but we've seen it before in the playoffs or the playoffs. So, so I'm looking right now at the teams that are still vying, still alive for a playoff spot, even the ones that probably let's be real are done. Um, but at the two seed, obviously Montreal, followed by the Red Bull, NYCFC, Cincinnati, Orlando, Miami, Columbus, Atlanta, Charlotte, and New England. Those final four teams that I mentioned still alive. Uh, we'll start with you, Justin. Out of any of those teams, realistically, who do you think has the best shot of taking down the Almighty Union? The only team I think that would absolutely push this team to the absolute limit is Montreal. Okay. Like, I think looking at everyone and the the name that I keep hearing is Cincinnati, and and they're like, oh, well, Pat Noonan has us basically figured out. You know, he used to coach it. Like again, like first off, the draw here, that Union team, 
miles different than the team that you had now. The Union are not a strict counterattacking team anymore. They haven't been basically since July. On the road in Cincinnati, like on the road again. I, I keep saying this different different atmosphere, and I think in the playoffs, the Union the last few years have been built for the playoffs. Like I, I think you've seen it; they are absolutely built for it. Montreal is the only team where uh, they they have been tough. I, I, now I think is Wilfred Nancy going to be able to corral his team and get them in the right direction so far. Yeah. But I mean, we've, I mean, we've never seen him, you know, with this kind of team in the playoffs Okay, and they've been kind of, they've been kind of iffy the last, I mean, I know they've won the last few games, but you know, well, I watched the Chicago game. They really, they really kept Chicago in that game. Mm-hmm. Way longer than it could have should have been. The game against Columbus. I mean, if Columbus, I mean, listen, Columbus has been imploding, but Columbus was up for most of that game. Like, I, I, I think you look at the past month or so, Montreal has been slipping a little, but absolutely, I think they are the one team that I, I don't think would, I don't think there's a, I mean, they could steal a game at, at Super Park. But I think it, it would probably be based on their thing. It would be in the conference finals based on how the the bracket is at the moment. And so I'm not necessarily worried at that moment. I, I think the union the union have it. so Montreal's really the only team that could I think necessarily give the union a little scare. Tim, you feel the same way? Are you in a different team? I think like Justin said, Montreal is the biggest uh the the nearest club to the union that they they could frustrate the union in super park however i'll go a little bit different ways just to to make it interesting just looking at what the bracket would look like right now i mean it if the union get that one seed there's no doubt that in that second round that they're they're gonna play new york city right like <laughs> like that that's the only thing that scares me a little bit is just the the tradition the history there. <laughs> Rivalry, if you would even call it that, I don't know. I I, I kind of feel no, like it's no a, one rivals. I feel like it's a rival now. Um, so I, I, I think, certainly don't like them. I think that if that matchup happens, it's kind of a, it's it's sort of like how um, back in 2020 when we got New England, it was like I know we played them like five or six times that year, so it was a little different. But like they they knew how to come in and and play. Um, and they were seen, they saw themselves as the underdog. So they wanted to, to get one up. And uh, I think if New York City does end up coming to Subaru Park in that first playoff game, I think then there's a little bit of nerves there for Philly. But I think they can overcome it. They're much better than NYCFC is, especially with Nick Cushing and without Tati Castellanos. Um, so it, the Union should still win that game. But I think the uh, the moment especially after, I know it's not as long of a break, but it's still a week break going into the playoffs. It might might hit them a little bit. I think that's like a, a trap scenario. But I, I think, like Justin said, the, the team that would really challenge Philly would be Montreal, and they wouldn't play them until the conference final. So, um, Who would Zach root for, guys? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's stooping all. Jordy, Jordy, Jordy versus the Jordy. Yeah, Jordy for sure. <laughs> that, that, is, that is pretty great. Um it, it, it listen I, I again like the union definitely have the fast track 
Tim, it would be funny is Tati Castellanos just comes back for just to beat the Union and then just goes back to just, just because he wasn't able to play in the conference final last year. <laughs> yeah. That would be that would be fun. All right. Well, let's let's finish out the regular season, boys. We got two matches left. That's it. Just two. It's crazy. And first up, we got Charlotte, which of course our boy Justin will be down there. So Justin, you're flying out tomorrow? Yep. One forty five flight down there. Uh yeah. The uh, be, be, we hang in, stay with my with my cousin, and uh, I know there's gonna be a decent uh, contingent of uh, Union fans so down I'm there. Sure. Uh, so yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun time. I and I, I enjoy Charlotte. It's a, it's a nice city. So I'm I'm excited to go back down. I'm really just curious about the soccer experience because you know how I feel about mm-hmm. NFL stadiums and the sport. So. Yeah, it, so the funny thing is, like. the, the last time I was the last time I was in Charlotte was right before the pandemic started, okay. um, and obviously no one knowing what was happening, and at the time Charlotte was going to be coming in 2021. Um, I remember talking with my Uber driver uh, on my way to to meet my cousin, and she was saying that like, and and I kind of knew that. I mean, North Carolina, you know, Cary has been the site of you know, the college cup and numerous national team games. You have numerous USL sides in the, in the set. And, you know, I'm saying, I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm a fan of a union fan. And I was talking about soccer. And I was like, Oh, I played a team. And, and she was like, and she was going on and on about how pumped everyone was mm-hmm. for, for the team coming. And like, everyone was excited and like, you know that her whole family plays soccer and like like on and on and on and I was just like wow I did not realize how passionate of a community there is in oh, Charlotte yeah. and so and you've seen it this year I mean they've had a pretty solid crowd for most of the season I'm honestly surprised because, and that was the thing people initially were like oh those for a few games oh that that's it like it's that you know that early boom and then it's like it fades off not that I saw, even with the instability with the coach, uh, you know, with the coach, that cr- those fans have remained loyal, and I will give them credit where credit is due. They've hung around. Now they are honing on by the absolute skin of their teeth, and you know they do have three games left, but I there is basically little chance of them making the playoffs. But like, hey, they're in this position. That's it's cool. Like, like that's 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 big in their first year to be this close. Outside of like LAFC and Atlanta, I can't it's think of Seattle. Many, well, Seattle that's this year point. is doing the exact opposite. It's funny. Yeah. That this <laughs> first year. Listen, they're not making the playoffs, which is they're not going to make it. First time ever. Which me, I find hilarious. What? Yeah, ever. I mean, ever? They, 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 yeah, yeah, they've they have been in the playoffs. They, they need daughter, to win out and have house make it. Yeah, but I think this the Charlotte team has been better than the sum of their parts. I think at times, um, but I think given having said that, I I just think that you know it, you know we've talked about I mean talked about how Andre Blake's whole point here. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that as much because despite how this team's changed, Charlotte's still very reliant on Swiderski. Like, 
Yeah. He really is. They 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 lost one of their best central defenders, Carujo, to a bad knee injury. Um, I, Isn't Fuchs out too? Uh, he's got that. he got a red card, and I think he had a. Well, I, was it just one game, or I thought he had a? No, he had a couple. Okay. Because it was, um, but so yeah, like the, this the Charlotte this this will be an interesting game, <laughs> but I think that the Union. After what happened with with Atlanta, I think you get okay. You only have one more home, more away game. I think you'll you'll give it a little more, you know, effort. And I think you've seen how this, you know, this Charlotte team plays. They're shaky out of the back. Uh, you if you cut off the the midfield connection, between, you know, between them and the attackers, they try to play a lot of long balls, and you need ex- ex- excel really. At, at, at shutting those down because they, again, highway robbery that that Jake Elliott was not named to defender of the year. I still do not know how that happened. Um, but, you know, the nice thing about, about having a Elliott Glesnitz pairing is that they kind of stagger their, the, the way they are positioned so that basically that Jack Elliott is the one that, that kind of tracks the long balls and, and Glesnitz is the one that kind of meets things, those shorter balls in the air. Um, I think having that and having, you know, I think obviously Kai is, is going to be massive on this getting up and down. I definitely think this is one game where Olivier might be utilized well, uh, given the expansiveness of the Charlotte side. I think they are absolutely open to being to being exploited on the counter for the few moments the Union have to go on the counter. Um, yeah. With possibly no alley i i think you might see some jack mcglynn and you know some jack you might have a, a a three of jack mcglynn leon and and brujo with behind you know and so i think it's gonna be a very interesting game i think the 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 weather conditions based on what i'm seeing uh game time might just be cloudy the rain appears to be passing through friday uh, the the forecast has improved uh, so far the last you know few days that I've seen, and most recently I just saw looks like just cloudy for the game time. So I won't have to be uh, you know rowing my canoe from my cousin's apartment to the stadium. <laughs> I mean, I kind of do hope. It, I feel like the rain would be in our benefit now. So. I mean, I yeah, I, I've uh, rain games on turf can can That's sell true. a recipe for. For injuries, and I'm I do not want that to. Yeah. to this is literally the, the union just have to play smart these next two games to not do anything stupid, just tr- keep things simple, and, and and play play within themselves. Like I, I think you don't need to do anything outlandish. Just keep playing the way you've been playing, and I think you'll 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 get three points. To that point of keeping it simple, though, I think that's why they actually will go back to Nate Harrell um, this weekend, I think. I, I don't know. Like, I think they just need to be that extra bit defensively solid on the right side, especially if you're playing Jack McGlynn. If, if Ali can't go, you need someone to kind of stay home um, while Jack point. makes his runs a little bit. I mean, oh, he doesn't. 
he's not too fast, but, you know, Jack's going to move up the field with the ball. So <clears throat> you're going to need someone to kind of cover for that position a little bit, especially on the road. Um, and I think uh, Harriel earned it after his performance in the friendly that I was able to go watch. I mean, it's been so long we forgot to even talk about that. You know, Union uh, win that friendly. Uh, Nate Harriel getting up for the header and scoring. So, like, that was – My man's got – my man's got hops. He was I, up there. Nate, up Nate there. does not look like he should be able to win those yeah. headers. And I I saw the I saw the highlight. He got up. Yeah. Like yeah, he that was, was that was I mean I'm I'm curious based on that height, could he like that looked like 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 he went went up for an alley oop and was coming down <laughs> like, that was serious hops, man. I yeah. like I don't think I could jump that high. I don't know. The word from the friendly was Richard Oda is the real deal. So that's yeah, all he I he looked really good. He did. He did look good. Future, future six, possibly. We'll we'll see, man. I mean, I like the strength that that run I saw on Twitter. Holy crap! Yeah, he was <laughs> everywhere. He really, really he was nice. everywhere on the field, and he looks like a union player. I know it was against the Pachuca side, who didn't bring you know all of their players either. True, um, but he looked the real deal, and that was. Is he a six? Is that what we're gonna? Yeah. yeah, he's a. He's, legit six. he's a he's a long term. He is a six. He's like a. Yeah, he wants to, but but when he like gets to the ball, he wants to put his head down and run with it, like. And I'm kind of fine with that. I I don't need another uh, another six who wants to just pick their head up all the time and just spray the flashy passes. Spray, like I want spray you. and pray. Yeah, <laughs> the, best, <laughs> the best strategy. Let me yeah. tell you. What about Bueno? How do he look? Did he even play? I'm trying to remember now. I, I think mean, he, yeah, sure. he better have because the he did. Union he did two play. and he did play. Um, I mean, I don't. He didn't stand out for me, unfortunately. Um, oh, but this was now like another week and a half ago, so I, you know I can't really remember. I was too focused on Odada and uh, Nelson Pierre, who looked pretty good up top. Dude, I even hear this Nelson Pierre yeah. until that's all the line. I was like, who the heck is? He, he's been he's been getting some good minutes with U two. He's okay. officially a U two player now. He was an nice. academy kid to start the season. Um, but I think how old he is he? Uh, 16, 17, something like that. Okay. Yeah, okay. he's and he's a big he's a big kid, and the yeah. the like the the stuff I I mean there were moments in like preseason I was like, okay, like we got another big body. I just think he just needs to. He's one of those big players that, like, it it sounds you know, against the way he, like how he is. We talk about a big guy, but like yeah. he does need to feel like he needs to put on, a, like we talked about Brendan, like he needs to put on a little more muscle. Yeah. It's like, he's one of those tall guys that doesn't know how to throw his weight around just yet. Cause I don't know if he has the muscle again, a young kid, like yeah. nobody has that. So I think that's something that it, yeah, that he works on. And I don't think next year, but in the next few years, I think he could, if he could develop that, I mean, big bodied center forward is. I mean, he's got some decent speed, so that'd be yeah. Debbie could be dangerous. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Um, so, gentlemen, you know, obviously, with us having supporter shield on our mind, Jim is more likely going to put a strong starting eleven. Uh, obviously, you know, like Justin says, Blake permanent marker. <laughs> <laughs> back line so so tim you you believe harriel at the right yeah i i just think if if you're looking at the last two games 
Okay. If you, you want to split right backs, and I know Jim doesn't like do that. He doesn't really rotate. He he goes with the guy he thinks is best for the situation. But if I'm in his shoes, I think Harriel is right for Charlotte, and Baizo is more right for Toronto because Toronto leaked goals, and you could just put Baizo forward, and he can just cross it and keep crossing it, and it'll end up in the net. Or he'll have his cross blocked, and it'll go in the net like it did against Orlando. Like, I don't it, know, yeah. Tim. Uh, See, I have the exact opposite Ooh. for for the for the right backs. I think Olivier would work perfectly against Charlotte because their defense is suspect and their attack is so so. Where with Toronto, they might be shit, but their attack is still got some like it's got its. I, I know it, the Italians couldn't save them, but they've got Insigne. They have like, some home pitch those, advantage. Those guys, those guys might get one or two, but on that game, the Union are going to score seven. So it's fine. Please. <laughs> this, Please. This isn't 2020, Tim. I mean, damn. That, I, uh, that, I hope so, man. Toronto's defense is bad. Oh, I, oh, I know. But I, but I think I think the idea, the reason I, I have Olivier in against Charlotte is because I think Toronto, like on the road, I think you're gonna to want to play a little more expansive. That's and fair. I think I think you could do what you did in Atlanta, where Olivier starts and and Nate comes in, in later in the game to shore things up. Okay, I, and again, I'm down Toronto. For I could see the flip side where Nate kind of keeps things down, and then when Toronto's tired, you throw on Olivier to just run reckless against that defense run down so, the sideline just keep running down the sideline yeah exactly like and i and i and like we to the like nate can get up the field oh yeah but he prefers to stay back because he's a he is probably i would say he's probably the team's best 1v1 defender he, I, he I don't literally think it's hard to so, argue that he said so back in march when i had the ability to talk to him for like 10 minutes he was like yeah, like I was like, what is your favorite thing to do on the pitch? He's like, I love one v one defending. And I was like, okay, man, like you, you, we've seen it in the first few games. And he's like, yeah, it's my favorite thing. I was like, okay. He he rushes those chances and he and he excels at it. I mean, he's yeah. one of the best one v. I he I think he is the best one v one defender that the Union have. Okay, okay. Well, obviously the center backs Jakob Glesnes and the recently Defender of the Year snubbed. Uh, Jack Elliott alongside still, Wagner. Still do not get that. I like I love Kai. A lot of questions, actually. <laughs> I love Kai, but like the Jack Elliott won the midseason defender of the year. How oh, the fuck? that was that was what Doyle put out. No, there. but how the fuck do you leave like if Is you part of this have too? him that yeah. that high at the point? How the fuck do you leave him off? Of the but the thing is the thing is, too, Justin, is that Kai this season has been more of a threat in the attack. Not saying he's been bad. Def- he's been really good defensively, but he's been more of a threat in the attack. And it's like they're like Elliot and Glesnes. Like we could do this in another pod, but but they have been the one of the best center back duos of all time. Yeah. And f- you for you not to put Elliot in there. Like I, I need to look at the rest of the list first. Off. No, I think I think for the union, I think this is equally the best center back pairing you've had in your history. Yeah, with without question, <laughs> I, I I don't think there's any dispute. They are the best center back pairing you have had in your history. Also, why is the goalkeeper of the year award named after Landon? Do- oh, MLS MVP. Never mind. I just read that now. Okay, we're good. <laughs> we're good. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's that that's just it's just yeah. I, I think Elliot got stumped. He should be in that in that, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. In that conversation. Um the midfield does get interesting. Um I do like Tim's idea of McGlynn at the right instead of Alley. Um do we do we agree with that, Justin? Yeah, I, I think I said that I think the midfield oh, that's right, you did. I'm sorry. could possibly be Leon, Brujo, and McGlynn, and I yeah. would not be opposed to that. I think the only issue that leaves is it doesn't – does that make Leon your – like the guy who crashes the box after because, I mean, mm. you're going to have the front three – in there, and it's then Ali is yeah. usually the guy that crashes the box. So who fills that part of? Like, I think you might need I, Jack McGlynn to actually fill that role of being the late runner. I don't know if he would do I it. He, but, I think he could still facilitate. Yeah. So I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. But it that in in that thinking, it got me. It got me thinking. You said Jack McGlynn replaces Ali. I'm like, well, the one thing, the one thing that Ali brings to the table is his ability to be that fourth runner, that late yeah. run tracker, the one that cleans up the rebounds, the one that when the defenders have already sunk in, Ali comes in the top of the box and rips a shot, like yeah. it creates that the havoc. So that's that, that's a tough ask. And and I, I think I thought I think of Jim Smart, I think you maybe bring Ali, maybe he's on the bench, but I don't you there's no way you start him. Like I, yeah. I don't think you're risking it. This is true. This is true. And then we got to, we guys, we have to find a nickname for this big three. Gazak, Karan, Sanua. We're going to find something uh, for them. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to give it to, to, our, to the listeners. Give a good give a good nickname to these three because these guys deserve like a good. Yeah. Like, I. The Legion of Dupe. Like, we, I'm trying to like. Create, got that one. I'm trying to create an acronym with their. Yeah. Their, I was trying to do something with, the, with their, with like the nationalities. <laughs> With their names, it's uh, real because you got Argentina, Hungary, and and uh, Denmark. In, in, in so Denmark, it's... yeah, like yeah. it kind of creates a, it creates a, 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 a an issue here. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll call them some fun, but these guys, yeah, these guys have some fun on Saturday, or right? Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. I, I don't see why you think they'll get it back after another game on turf. I, I, like I said, I wasn't able to watch the game in Atlanta, but it sounded like that's what people were frustrated with was that the, the attacking three really couldn't get a foot right on the turf and create many good attacks. I don't know. Like I said, I, I wasn't really able to see much of that one. I think I also think it was the fact that Atlanta was like Atlanta was kind of jamming things up in the midfield. Hmm. Where I don't think Charlotte is going to have that ability to yeah. break things up like that, so I think that's yeah. I think you'll ha- I think Gossag will have time and space on the ball. I think he'll be able to do what he does best and get and you know get the get his the, you know the strikers really moving and, and getting them in space and and they had chances. Yeah, like I said, the ball just yeah the ball just had those weird balances like. It would just like the perfect ball over the top, and the ball would be just out of the reach, or just like not like it, it was right. Like I think the turf was a little acting a little funny, but you know, turf can either like turf can act that way sometimes, and I think a little funky. It'll yeah. be a little yeah, it'll be a little funky, but I think that's kind of the risky run when you're playing on turf. So you're sure. saying, you're saying that uh, Derek Jones won't be able to stop these guys? Oh my god, you just went there. I. I don't think he will. I I, I love I love Derek Jones. Where is but, he? 
He's in Charlotte. Charlotte, and he's starting. Are you yeah, serious? He's been a star for them. He got traded like very early on in the season. Yeah. Wow. I really thought he was in USL by now. No, he was. He was a starter. He was a he, starter slash bench player for Houston. He for, has a goal um, on the season. He's not looking terrible, but he's. But I think I think yeah. to 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 contain that front that that front three, if they are missing Fuchs and they're like I said they're out. Carrillo, yeah. yeah. I think it's gonna be a big ask on that on that defense. Gonna put a lot of pressure on the defensive mids to cover the defense, and I just don't know if they have that ability yeah you're not wrong i mean with this team like you said earlier justin swarm swiderski and and you got you got the ball and they can't score so if if you can do that and if brujo's on him if the center backs are on him uh then the union should be in pretty good shape to to convert some of those chances okay let's get some score predictions going on justin how you feel about saturday um I I think we're gonna ha- we're have a, a repeat of uh, that night in uh, early in the season. I think it's a two nothing victory. Uh, I think the the union go uh, take one step uh, towards the supporter shield, and I'm gonna go so bold as uh, I I think uh, I think LAFC is gonna draw or lose against uh, Portland this week. I mean. As I said, the between the two teams, LAFC had the tougher last two games compared to the Union, a a a, a Portland team that is absolutely still battling for the playoffs, and a Nashville team that desperately wants a home playoff game. I think the Union, I think the break came at a perfect time. With you know, Ali being your only real injury, I think you have a pretty much a fully healthy squad. I, I think the Union are gonna after that game in Atlanta are gonna say Jim's gonna say okay you know what, I, I think we you know, it was almost there I think we were off a little bit, but I think they will come back and I think it's gonna be, to be a comprehensive victory I think the scoreline will make it look closer, than the game is as the as the game in Philly was I mean that game could have been yeah. broken open a number of times, and I just don't think outside of Swiderski. And I know the other Polish player that they have, I believe, is out or at least questionable. So I don't. Is Goda or is he not there anymore? No, um, Josiak, I think, is the. But like, I don't know. So like, I think Swiderski is still really the main threat. And I know Daniel Rios has been playing, but he's 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 not really that agile. He's a big body in the box, and when you have two big center backs. I don't really think that's going to be a, a problem. So, not at all. Timmy boy, let's get that prediction. Yeah, I mean, it has the feeling of a union win, but after the Atlanta game, like I'm not going to go so bold as to say like a three zero four zero. I think it's like a one or two goal win for the union. I don't think they give up a goal. Like I said, all you really have to do is stop Swiderski from turning or running um, free and, and you're going to stop them from scoring. I mean, they do have Andre Shin Yashiki. He has six goals on the year. But, That's right. I think they're coming off the bench because they have, they have he, that. I think, well, I mean, if he would probably have to start in this game, if that other guy's out, I, I can't remember his name either, but the, oh, the, um, um, kid? the young, young kid. Oh uh, yeah. But still, either way, 
um, either way, I think if, if you take Shinichi or taking you take Swiderski out of the game, uh, Charlotte has nothing. So I think the Union and their attack, whether or not there's weather, whether or not they get confused by the Carolina Panthers lines that are going to be on the field, uh, they are. I, I saw that. I was laughing. I'm like, they didn't even have time to take those lines off. I'm like, oh, dude, that's like Union the are going to score. They're going to score a goal. They're going to win the game. They're going to get three points, crucial points on the road. And, and I agree with Justin. I think, I think LAFC aren't going to win in Portland this weekend. I, that, that's a massive, that'd be a massive, be massive in Portland. You know, we'll we'll see. We, we have to root for for that. To well, happen. With, with that being said, guys, um, this is officially a uh, Portland Timbers podcast. Um, we've Did been Diego Port- Valeri come out of retirement and score a banger for them. That's that's what I get asked. Yeah. We've been Portland fans since since the was a U, was were they USL or NASL USL right? We've been around forever. Yeah, they've been yeah. We've been fans forever. Day one. We've been chopping timbers for a long time. Justin's <laughs> Justin's actually timber. It's timber Justin. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah. I can right. be Nat Butchers. It's fine. <laughs> well, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, Union, in fact, are tied up with LAFC. Like, like Justin and Tim mentioned, uh, LAFC facing off against Portland on Sunday. So, it, that actually works well because... You'll have Union Saturday. You got the birds at one o'clock. And then to kind of ease it in, you got you get to watch the end of Portland and LAFC. So your Sunday's set, guys. Your weekend's set. What else do you need? Oh yeah, listen, I'm I'm going, I'm coming right from well, the you're gonna be. I'm going I'm going to my buddies watching the Eagles game and I'll probably just throw on the, the LAFC game. Oh yeah, got this covered. Yes. Could be gonna be gonna be gonna be a great weekend. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, before we sign off, I do want to give a big thank you to the actual club, the Philadelphia Union, for inviting me to media uh, fantasy camp. That was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say I'll take away, and it's funny because we were talking about rotation today. You know, the one thing I've always criticized Jim was rotation. And Jim actually mentioned today that he believes that by having players, the starting 11, play together, together as many games as possible it builds chemistry builds that cohesiveness that you've seen that's part of the whole philosophy of playing them all the time so that's why i love talking to those dudes because i, I learned something today i, I understand yeah. now one of my frustrations has been answered so i'm, I'm good i won't i won't criticize you anymore jim i get it i get it still I mean, maybe and- like the have you rest alley a couple times you know when he's a little bit older but you know what you, you, you know what you're doing and hey next year you can ask jim uh if uh, you know uh, Andre Blake ever needs a rest, uh, <laughs> we can watch a Sporting Serotonin game. I'm sure you know. Sure, Jim. Uh, Jim he knows Easy. my name. Yeah, he needs the Scout Network. You know, what can I dude. Say? Listen, Sporting Serotonin was well represented. Paul with a fantastic question, by the way, asking Jim about um, the, how he handles mental health with his players. So awesome. we love Paul for that. Um, we had Luke uh, coming up in the sport. I think AJ too. The both Doopy brothers walked yeah. up in their serotonin yeah. kit. So sport serotonin was well represented. I'm sure Paul's got some great content coming out as well, man. Always yeah. well represented. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today's episode of Dupe by the really appreciate everyone tuning on in. Make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe for, for more of your live viewings of Dupe by the river. We're available wherever you street podcast as well. Just find us on a Dupe by the river podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Justin Bald Boat Builder Friedberg. That is Tim Lovinguth. And of course, I go by name El Barcelo Philly, and we're telling you guys to do on. Beat Charlotte. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. 
Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.